<laughs> All right, let's crank it up. And that's some good company. I'm not going to talk shit about either one of them. All right. Hey, uh, all right. Welcome to the R5 Podcast. Welcome, Joe Nolan. Welcome, Omar Booker. Welcome, everybody. Uh, what's up? Glad to be here, Brian. Yeah. I'm we just... almost got frozen out yesterday. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We had unusual snow in, no- in early November in Nashville. Uh, it was colder than Alaska, they said. It was. I wore long johns. Yeah. For the first time. Yeah, that's not, that's <laughs> not dumb. Oh, I thought you were saying in your whole life. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, for my whole life. I was holding out, man, but yesterday... <laughs> I just cracked. <laughs> putting on these thermals. Yesterday was it. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome. Welcome to the new studio. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, um... So yeah, we were just talking about uh, the Montgomery Bell Academy show. I'm glad you had some stuff in there again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a pretty mm-hmm. wild. Uh, one thing I do like about that show is that uh, it's pretty egalitarian in terms of like people can get stuff shown there that wouldn't necessarily be able to get uh, a lot of work in, in some of the upper sort of uh, galleries or however you want to put it. I don't know. Like it's pretty like you see a lot of stuff there that you wouldn't see mm-hmm. necessarily in a gallery, but it's not like it, it's bad. It's just maybe not the program. Yeah. I think also too, I mean, I think Nashville's still a place where that's an example of something I think there used to be even more of, you know, where it was like, like untitled, you know, yeah, the untitled was one where it was like, there would be, you know, people who were like, fuck it, man, now's the time I'm going to paint my painting and I'm going to hang it on the wall. And this is it. This is going to be my very first show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they're right next to, Somebody like you or somebody like Lane York or somebody like, you know, uh, whoever else. I can't even think of all the people who used to stay involved with the Untitled and all this. And, you know, and they would be they'd be getting ready to do a show, you know, that was they're going to be hanging in something at the first center or something Mm -hmm. out of state or something like that. But in the meantime, I'm going to cut up this vinyl and do this weird thing for Untitled 2. Yeah. You know, and I and I think that's I think it's I think it's something that Nashville will probably eventually grow out of in some levels. But. In the meantime, it's cool that it's still something here where you can have a show where it's like, you know, enthusiastic amateurs alongside like much more established people. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. As an enthusiastic <laughs> amateur, I'm, I'm very, thank you. Uh, I, I definitely, I remember the Untitled shows and had some work in those and, and mm-hmm. I definitely was an enthusiastic amateur. <laughs> yeah, and I think, <laughs> and so it yeah. was it was cool to be able to just have mm-hmm. some have some space. I think too, I think people uh you know, there's people like you or people like Lane even where it's like, you know, it's sort of like Nashville's been a place for some artists where it's well, and we can talk about this fact too. I hold on a second. But it's been a place for some <laughs> artists where they've stayed here and they've developed here and they've actually been through both those transitions. You know, yeah. where it's like I'm the I'm the new kid and now I'm the old master. You know what I mean? Um and I was gonna say you are in particular because you are a very rare creature in that you're actually a native Nashvillean. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Speaking of the NBA show, that's that's where I went to high school mm-hmm. and it wasn't uh, it it definitely wasn't as expansive of a campus at that yeah. point, but it was. It's, I mean, it's, it's always like been a, pretty well. Yeah. Um, it's always been a pretty well funded kind of a, mm-hmm. establishment. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of lore. Place. There's a lot of lore around a that lot place, of lore. right? 
It's about like, a lure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dead Poet Society. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. All Dead, those for, for non-Nashvillians, the guy who wrote the screenplay for Dead Poet Society went to Montgomery Bell Academy, I believe, and based it on a teacher who used to be there. Does that sound right? Yes, Robin Williams went to... <laughs> and that's not right. What? <laughs> not <laughs> Robin Williams. You could have fooled me. No. Robin, Robin <laughs> the guy Williams. he plays. Rob, oh, he was playing a character. Got it. No, no, like uh, he doesn't just play himself, Brian. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. All right. Have you seen Goodwill Hunting? (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's but that's really cool. I mean, you know, I I do. uh, I find it funny though. I guess I don't mean this in a negative way, but I do think it's like you know, MBA whatever Montgomery Bell Academy is definitely a, a, a high education place for young people. Uh, it's all is it all male it is all male all male mm-hmm. yeah so i mean like that still happens or you know like cool it's very i guess private school mm-hmm. uh situation yeah so um, yeah, for again for non-nashvillians yeah. it's a private school it's not a religious school though is it it's not yeah it's not affiliated Just an with, all boys it's not, school it's not like father ryan you know yeah. what i mean right which is uh which is it's uh you know what, what would that be i guess it's just catholic i was trying yeah. to say something funny but yeah it's so damn catholic you just <laughs> yeah. gotta say it's catholic <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah father ryan yeah like the whole school's really only just three families yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And and there are multitudes of children <laughs> no, but, but i guess what i was gonna say is I, I do think it's interesting to see uh, all the people that are sort of putting on that show and kudos to them and they work really hard they do a, they put on a good show and all that but I do think it's interesting how they've sort of collided with the Nashville Walls project and then now they're starting to get like last year they had Black Lerat this year they had Logan Hicks can you explain how they've collided and so, what you're talking about so yeah um, <laughs> so what I'm talking about is that basically the people that are kind of the uh, primary agency behind getting large scale street art murals etc done in nashville but they they cultivate local artists and give local artists opportunities Mm. but at the same time they bring in you know international or otherwise renowned uh people street artists artists. and so uh because uh brian greif who's uh nashville walls project kind of primary figure uh you can check him out on one of our other episodes co-founder right yeah and then also yeah, and Ava Boros. You can also check her out on a previous episode. Um, but they they basically have sort of been able to like really spoon feed incredible talent to this otherwise kind of you know uh, a little bit you know what, what would otherwise be a little bit more of like a kind of an open market kind of art fair. But they lend and this, this is this annual art event that they do at MBA to yeah. raise money for the school. So they really like yeah. given this air of legitimacy to it. And I mean, they've got Black Lorette coming in and doing murals and or you know so, stencil, stencil art and you know adding these things as permanent there? fixtures to the campus. Yeah. So uh, so that he did a, like a permanent installation on the campus. Yeah. And then this wow. year Logan Hicks did did one of his you know he does very elaborate stencil work uh, and he did a piece there. And so, like, their place is becoming this kind of living museum. Is of, that is that piece also like a permanent piece? It is. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting too to have like this this academy. Like, literally, <laughs> we're trying. You know, it, it is like a small. Almost like a small college campus, right? Yeah, um, or a big college campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're, yeah you're kind of, it's <laughs> compared pretty, to the schools I went to for college. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, it's like a college campus mm-hmm. for a high school and. It's interesting to have that, uh, like adopting like 
a street art aesthetic, right? That's kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, because a lot of the people that are involved with the school or by nature of private school, whatever, a lot of sort of well-to-do, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, people, I'm not indicting them. I'm just yeah. saying like they're from a different world. Yeah. Uh-huh. But and, it's, it's rather like in the 80s when all of a sudden it's like the galleries are like bringing the, the graffiti artists into the gallery and trying to figure out how do we translate this right. thing to something we can sell or how do we translate this thing to a thing that could be a permanent art piece. You yeah. Know? I think even the other actual galleries in Nashville are just starting to sort of figure that out. Mm -hmm. But I think it's, you know, one of the things I kind of want to run by you is like, um, you know, there's been a lot of heat lately in the sort of media, you know, around sort of mural culture and new development and the way that those things work together. And, you know, um, uh, I don't know if you were on that thread or not, but there was recently like a sort of a, a lot of the people that I know, Chris Zydek also on mm-hmm. a previous episode and some others. Uh, it was, was it a Facebook thread that you yeah, tagged me in? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it's just sort of like a, a thing where it's it's a very, I, I think what it, what it says to me is I feel like that we've hit some sort of a, a point where there is, I feel like that there's this kind of saturation point that's happened now. Like if, if street art is in the NBA kind of foray as a ritualistic thing not as like a novelty but like an like they're actually putting these these works into the place right right uh and galleries are having these shows i mean it's really good i mean i'm happy for all the opportunities that people are getting and right and all of that but then there's this kind of public sentiment more largely that i don't think really understands or considers a lot of that to be fine art Mm -hmm. or art to be appreciated on that level and it's convoluted by a lot of stuff that's kind of you know like i'm uh, just i'm just gonna say it like there's a there's some garbage right like there's mm-hmm. some stuff that's just like you know somebody's cousin owns the sandwich shop and they're gonna paint a yeah, some of that's whatever. my favorite stuff though it's obvious that his cousin painted yeah. it and i'm I not saying it. i'm not saying <laughs> i know what you're saying yeah. i know what you're saying i mean that's like music right, right? like that's like yeah. saying like everything has to be like king crimson math rock or something I, like i'm so not saying that yeah. this all started with an article that was printed in the nashville scene and we don't even have to yeah. go into the details about sure. it but our our again if you're not in nashville our alternative weekly published an article about a proposed building with a mural and people went crazy about all this stuff yeah, you're gonna do a disclosure for that. I I freelance for the national scene <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, but that's all we need to say about it because frankly, I didn't even read that article. Yeah, like yeah. I never even read it. Yeah, I just yeah. saw no that there did. was this brouhaha. <laughs> yeah, everybody just commented, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I didn't even I didn't comment until now. And my only comment is when you live in a city that uh, that thrives on creativity. Uh, I think you should just every time you see an opportunity for an artist to have a job, yeah. you should be glad. Yeah. That's all I think, really. Yeah. I come down on that side of it. Of yeah. like, if somebody gets to paint a mural and they make enough money to pay their rent this month, that would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. I, I can get it. And yeah, and it's a. I think it's a both and where that's that's true. But it's like also when when hip hop music started being on like TRL and it yeah. started to be on whatever. Uh. I don't think Johnny Carson ever had any hip hop artists on Carson, but <laughs> yeah. but it's almost like. Okay, this thing that means something different to a large group of people mm. gets embraced by this elite group of people that don't really know, mm-hmm. but it's a marketing tool, it's profitable, and it also gives some, it legitimizes. It's like, oh, well, if this group is legitimizing this project mm. in the neighborhood, it must be okay, uh-huh. even though 
now it might not yeah. be okay. Right. <laughs> and so, well, there's also, so, so, yeah, I mean, there's I lots that's, of, that's kind of some of the, mm-hmm. the bring, both and, yeah. 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 Well, I think you, you, what you're, and there's a bigger also way that, that, that everybody, like anybody who just got to Nashville and has enough money to buy a building and start a business is going to do something yeah. along the way of, trying to localize themselves in some quote unquote authentic way. You know what I mean? And like you say, one way to do that would be, you know, if I can get these artists to paint something on my building, then all of a sudden I'm good. Or if I just put a mural on here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then to double down, especially sometimes a mural from someone who's from the community or from Uh the, because a lot of the development is happening in mm-hmm. you know in, in historically black neighborhoods or in neighborhoods that already have some kind of fabric that mm-hmm. is um that that people that do develop there might see friction because it's mm-hmm. like eh, unless we have somebody to sort of co-sign on this mm-hmm. we're just gonna look like we're um i don't, I don't even know what the gentrifying word is gentrifying is, one, is <laughs> gentrifying is probably the yeah, it's probably the easiest way yeah. to put it, and, and then there's some there's some rougher ways too. <laughs> but I do, but I also, but it's also the, there's another side of it that yeah, artists have more agency in a city where it's likely that they can get work, mm-hmm. and so so it's how do you use that agency? It's like mm-hmm. can you can you take that and um, and give yourself some level of ownership? Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'm, I don't know how to explain it, but just for me, it's sort of like. Once everybody has like uh, tattoos, I don't know. Like, just, uh, that's a good example. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Because I mean, like, that used to be like an outlaw, like literally an outlaw thing. No, you know what yeah, I mean? And sailors. now it's like I don't know if there's a girl in East Nashville who doesn't have a tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what do you do? Oh, I work in daycare. Yeah, yeah. I had a teardrop though. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> I had a rough time. I had a rough time a couple years ago. Trust me, if you have my job, you'll have one too. <laughs> no, but, but I, I guess what I'm saying is just that I, I, I do wish that what I feel like that essentially there's a logjam of lack due to a lack of ideas because I think that there's a lot of public space kind of things that can happen, but. Like a lot of a lot of other cities, they'll have like walls that rotate, you know, uh, mm-hmm. really quickly. They have paint parks. They have, you know, like so you can get a lot of that energy out with the sort of you know less fixture type of of things, and then perhaps like lend some importance to what is created by not creating something on every thing. I don't know. It's just sort of uh, I don't like know. maybe have like if we had more interesting architecture, would we need these many murals? Well, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other thing. I guess I don't know. I, I just, I, ultimately, I feel like it's it's a problem that is that comes about because uh, it's the easiest, largest, best idea that people have had so far, and it, right. and it's translated nicely, and it's done a lot of cool. There's a lot of cool things, but it's also created just utterly laughable pieces of shit. Mm. Okay, like, and I'm talking about like, why why are these people waiting in line in the gulch? You know, like, what does this mean? Like, what is going on? What you is mean, like ro- the touristy like, stuff? Yeah, I'm just gonna, thing? yeah, yeah, like, just where it becomes like, yeah. fa- like it's like a fair ride that everybody has to get right. on or something. It's like weird. You're talking about like then, selfie station type yes. murals, right? Where yeah. uh, now, I've got angel wings. You know, they're gonna shut you down if you attack those <laughs> wings. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Somebody's going to walk in. The podcast is over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 I mean, you're going to have bachelorette parties just you, you have to have running in your open taverns. Watch out. Taylor Swift is going to come after me. I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of people I know that are, you know, we, we, you know, but there's just a lot of things like these these weird dichotomies going on in the culture right now. And this is not just Nashville. This is a lot of places where on one hand you got people like you got like scooters and murals and whatever, like everything's artisanal bullshit. And then on the other hand, you've got like really great artwork and transportation does need other modalities. And like it, like there's just this weird uh, problematic kind of cycle that I feel like everything's in. Uh, yeah, that, that I I haven't been able to personally reconcile, other than just to be um, trying not to be angry at everything mm-hmm. and just only be angry at maybe a couple <laughs> things. Yeah, what were you saying a minute ago? Were you saying both and? You kept uh, ad- yeah. saying both. It's and? a it's a both and. A yeah, both and. I like that. And I, yeah. I do too. And I and I I think you know it goes you know uh, Brian sort of echoing that with what you just said, and I just feel like I do feel like in many ways it's that you know in many ways it's like. You know, there's so many things going on in our in our creative community all over the place right now. Where it's like, on one hand, I don't like this, and on another level, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so it's like, well, what what do we do with it? You know what I mean? And I think yeah. I think you know that's you know you're you've got an optimistic take about well, how do you translate this into something where we can actually end up you know owning your own work on your own terms For you know sure. that kind of thing so yeah and i feel like just to like just to get into a few things that you are doing right now i feel like um for you and other artists who are associated with north nashville you're a graduate of uh tennessee state university mm-hmm. that and fisk university up there are sort of like central to the whole the whole culture of that neighborhood yeah and um uh and you and other artists that we've had on the show like marlos ivan and um brandon donahue you guys are all in a mural uh, a painting of murals like large panels in uh the community gallery at the frist art museum right now can you tell me i mean to me that's that's a uh that's i mean that's going a long way toward you guys being recognized and ladies too that are in that show being recognized as you know uh uh, you know, a community of artists who are worthy of being in a museum. You know what yeah, I mean? And yeah. that's that's got to translate on some level to opportunities and situations where you'll be able to do your thing in your own way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it, it definitely does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was... Yeah, great opportunity. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the 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 exhibit at the Frist and, and Katie Delmay who mm-hmm. brought the whole thing together and curated it. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, I'm extremely grateful for the, you know, for the Frist as a whole, but I think her really specifically because uh-huh. she kind of, she didn't approach it from like a colonizing mm-hmm. mentality uh-huh. of, well, I see this thing that's kind of popping in this neighborhood. Let me just go bring that to my space. It yeah. was, um, you know, she did a lot of listening and she was had a lot of, yeah, humility, and also gave us a lot of freedom to yeah. to do whatever we felt like needed to be done, and and none of the work had been seen or mm-hmm. really cleared by any anyone, you know. So it yeah. wasn't like she saw work and said, "Okay, this piece is going to come." She's like, "Okay, here are these panels. Everybody make their own work, and then it's going to be an exhibit." So yeah, even that's a pretty big um, 
that's a pretty big risk for a curator to say, 100%. I don't know what you're going to make, yeah. but make something. Right. And uh, usually the curator's job is literally to pick out what's going to be the show. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. So it was a great um. She's great almost experience. more like a, like a music producer who, like, put the people in the room and then said, I'm going to turn these mics on and do your thing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. So, so, yeah, I think that's that definitely... Um, and like you say, that's one of the byproducts of mm. of the mural kind of explosion is that an area that a lot of those were that a lot of those murals were made mm. um, were has the ability to be at the frist and kind of be seen mm. by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Well, and North, you know, North's art art collective, they kind of they not kind of they started that in that area. They were doing mm-hmm. all of the murals in North Nashville, mm-hmm. and a lot of them initially were self funded and just kind of grassroots. That's awesome in that graffiti culture of can we hit this wall okay we hit this <laughs> yeah. wall and then they, they made things that were really really yeah well the cool um, thing too in that is that that's actually there's a well it's, it's changing now obviously but um you know there's a lot of people that would perhaps say uh be members of the frist that probably don't spend a lot of time in north nashville or really understand what's 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 up over you know in a different part of town that they don't otherwise you don't go mm. through there you know what yeah. i mean like you have to kind of go to it right mm-hmm. and so it's it's i think there's a lack of general awareness even still so it's just cool to see that happening and i think that north nashville's challenges specifically are are really unique in the sense that the development wave that it's happening is kind of it's a little bit latent compared to you know like obviously whatever happened in other parts of town you know they've they've built new cities on top of other stuff you know in the gulch or these other areas of of nashville but north nashville is what's going to happen over there in the next five years is going to be unreal Mm -hmm. i mean in terms of like all the waterfront being bought out and you know all that so really it's it's a good time to start you know having those seeds into the consciousness of you know just for an an awareness uh because mm-hmm. I, I and that's why i really was happy to see that the first yeah more than sure. anything i think one of the things that i dug about it was just the nature of of murals commonly is you know they're they're just wherever they are you know and you see them when you're driving or you don't you know because it would be real easy to miss one or miss another one in it's an area yeah yeah and i feel like that was one of the cool things about about uh seeing like all these different artists together is like i think you just realize how much diversity there is in terms of the styles and stuff yeah and i think a lot of times people have a a preconceived notion about what a mural might look like or Mm -hmm. what graffiti might look like or whatever they're thinking about these things and it's like actually i mean just in that one show alone of people who are you know literally like put together because you guys have work in a certain part of town or or based in a certain part of town it's like it's it's pretty crazy how how different those things are when they're Absolutely. side by side. Yeah, different and then cohesive because I think we right. all were really yeah, yeah yeah. It was just it was like a family reunion because we all <laughs> organically like loved each other. Like yeah. there was a have all sort of been rooting for yeah. when X Payne did something big. Everybody was like, oh man, yeah, X is he's doing his thing. Yeah. When Dojo did or Woke uh-huh. or any of the North guys, and of course Brandon, you mm-hmm. know, you know, artists that are kind of a like a notch ahead already mm-hmm. in, in the, you know, in the, just in the conventional sense of, you know, right. guy representation and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we all, you know, really, really have kind of already been rooting for each other. And mm-hmm. so, and working, kind of working alongside each other, but mm-hmm. on our different things and everybody kind of had their own, mm-hmm. their own style. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was, I think when it came together, it, 
was cohesive, but it was really different because we all have been doing different things, but but have all sort of been influenced by that common thing, mm-hmm. which is which I think is partly that that development and explosion in the universities that we all have some connection to Sam Dunson and Jamal Sheets and people that have mm-hmm. that have been really really close to us. Um, mm. Also, so yeah. I think that uh, or do you, do you think that because the community that you know this kind of movement or, or whatever you want to call it this scene is so accepting of the other there's not this overarching kind of weird competitive negative kind of thing that can happen I think with a lot of groups of people um, maybe that's actually what lends the reason why the thing at the frisk perhaps was so diverse is because people are not in this like one upping or emulation mode or whatever the artifacts are of like a, a competition or like a uh, unhealthy group, <laughs> a dynamic, right? Yeah. You know, because I've seen that kind of stuff happen, say like in music or other things where you kind of feel like people are kind of copping each other and there's this kind of weird as opposed to just everybody supporting each other as an individual uniquely but together yeah it feels like it's it's uh it's pure absolutely and mm-hmm. i mean i think that a lot of that's born out of the african-american community i mm-hmm. mean there, there's definitely a part of that 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 it was that you're already kind of isolated in a, in a sense from the conventional just model of of what is even a place like nba we talked about the nba show sure. um I mean, I went to NBA, but I was not of NBA. Like, I I was one of two black kids in my senior class. So, mm-hmm. so there's already a... So, I think when there's an art community that is sort of in one of those those pockets, then you really are rooting for, you know, <laughs> you really are rooting for, for whoever yeah. does well to, mm-hmm. to do well. And it is an authentic kind of... Man, if, if if anybody if anybody does it, everybody does it. Yeah, so, yeah. the water rises so, yeah. for everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. And they're all just really good people. It's like, I mean, you all know Brandon, you know Marlo. So, oh yeah. I mean, you know, everyone. Yeah, Courtney, yeah. who's not an African American, but she's working in the community. Right. So it's not yeah, even yeah, a, yeah. you know, it's not even a flesh tone thing. Mm-hmm. It's just our yeah the people that are working in that space. Mm-hmm. Nuveen, who's yeah, uh, Nuveen, who, who's also well was working in that space now she's in knoxville also a former guest on the show yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're also really easy people to to root for because mm-hmm. it's like man you know they're just they're, they're good folks mm-hmm. yeah and people that are propelled by the common good or you know without being i mean some of it can be very political but it's all not in a way that feels separatist if that makes sense it's more about enlightening and, and bringing awareness to to things, especially from the Kurdish uh, perspective that Naveen brings. I think that's, there's so many people that don't really understand, you know, we've talked about this before, but Nashville having the largest Kurdish population in the country. Yeah. And there's all these people here that don't really understand, like Nashville has a unique pot- uh, potential to enlighten people to to Kurdish culture and art and, and causes and conflict and all the other things that are going on. Um, in a way that no other city in the country could do. So uh-huh. people like her uh, at the front of that here locally, I think it's just, it's really cool. There's So everybody's kind of got their own little spine or their own little thread, but it's all coming back from this kind of same point of origin. I'm very envious. I, I wish I had like a scene. I don't really have like a scene. 
Hey man, we got space for you. You guys, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess when I was younger, there was like a, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm, 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 I live in like the nations. There's no scene over there. It's just like people that are oh, all like, in, where you used live. to be in fraternities or whatever. I don't know. Like, it's a weird yeah. vibe. It's good coffee in the nations. It's good coffee. No, it's, I like it over there because I like the post industrial kind of vibe mm. or whatever. And I like being The nations in. will be a scene soon enough. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. It might already be. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. maybe it's just not your favorite scene. But yeah. it's already. Yeah. It's a scene already. <laughs> it's a scene. <laughs> I was telling somebody the other day, I don't know who it was, but I was just saying, they were like, do you want to stay in Nashville? I was like, well, look, if I had any choice, uh, I mean, of course I have enough agency to like, you know, I could abandon things here or whatever. I, I want to, when I moved to Nashville, I, I moved here and people were like, why did you move to Nashville? That's how long ago it was. Remember we were talking about this? And people couldn't even understand why anybody would voluntarily go to Nashville for anything. It was not a destination. It was not anything. And then... Are you talking about returning to Nashville? or the I first? Get, I'm talking about in the 90s. Okay. Like when I first got mm-hmm. here and telling my friends, like I moved here, they would be like, what? Like, mm-hmm. Why? Like, what are you doing there? And then now, obviously, people, you tell somebody you moved to Nashville, they're like, oh, cool, great. You yeah, know? Why can't I come visit? Yeah, it sounds Broadway. great. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's, it is weird, isn't so, it? So, like, I don't want to be... Everywhere you I, go, people are like, oh, Nashville. Yeah, I don't I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to be in... I, I'm not... In my heart of hearts, I don't want to be in a place that's a destination. I want to be in a place that is some sort of native curiosity and, and a little bit undercover, you know, or just some... Mm. I, I guess my, my instincts are a little bit more pioneering... Or something. I, I you yeah. know, so it's like yeah. you kind of just know where and what everything is right. in town. Like, okay, well, that you can see where that's going to be in ten years, and that's already there. And okay, yeah. and it's I guess that's though, the because, thing. I mean, it's like the thing we always talk about, where and the thing that we were yeah. just talking about, <laughs> and the both and thing, which is like, you know, there's all these aspects of you know having some kind of spotlight on the place you live that leads to bad things, like more traffic, higher rent, like all this shit that's like really impactful in your life. But at the same time, I mean, I, I keep trying to believe that ultimately the opportunities are going to outweigh the negatives. And you got to get on the train. You got to, you got to like milk this place (laughs) so that you can stay here. Yeah. I think that's part of it. Everybody get rich. Yeah. And it's like, like, I mean, Nashville to me is just an extension of North Nashville. Mm -hmm. It's like the, people need to be here that give a shit about what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. it can't just be the wild West Yeah, because then who was the voice that says, yeah, and I was here in 85 so, and I don't yeah. want, you know, yeah, you yeah. know, you know, I care that Fisk is still, you right. know, yeah, or like yeah. when that guy tried to open the coffee shop, um, that was, that was a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Can, can, yeah. do you want, can you tell the story to our audience? This is so great. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I would say that, that, uh, that a, a restaurateur um, and who I really do feel like in in his heart of hearts meant well. <laughs> sure. Um, I, I really do. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I also know that so much has happened that were well-meaning people did things mm-hmm. that were so, so damaging. But the intention was to open a coffee shop called The Sit-In to... I guess shed light on the sit-ins, which kind of started in North Nashville, and then you know they went down to um, mm-hmm. went downtown, had sit-ins, and of course all mm-hmm. the against all, uh, against uh, segregation during the against, civil rights exactly, movement. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. and um, and so again for people who don't live here, yeah. <laughs> and so, so yeah, so the, so I think in in the heart of arts, it was kind of shedding light to something, but it was also shedding light in a way that was a pun because it was kind of you'll you know come to the sit-in it's you know you have coffee in a in a um 
yeah. in, a, in a place that is that has some historical relevance. And I think my biggest issue with it was I know who frequents, you know, high-end coffee shops, and I didn't think, I thought it was so hard to get people to understand why they were coming to a place called the sit-in. Mm. And if they really know that they were coming to a place where cigarettes were put out on people and people were dragged to jail and beaten women and children were beaten for the right to sit and have coffee with each other mm. then it wouldn't be just a light easy fun thing to come have your your morning cup of joe <laughs> so mm. so that that was really the thing that that was upsetting to me about mm. the name was there's there's some things that you that if you're running a business and every business person is just run, they're, they're running a business you want people to come in and have your product mm. and if you're telling the complete truth then those things can't really align mm. so that's a really great way of putting it yeah. you know because the best thing I could probably assert would be to say oh it was tone deaf or whatever but that's a much richer uh, insight I mean I'm not you know like what would be worse like open a deli called Auschwitz like I don't like <laughs> Like, like, I, well, I mean, the, the, the comparison that I made in in, in, in the early conversation was was a gas station in the deli. Yeah, the yeah. gas, you know, station. Yeah, and yeah. how that would that would feel. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, and I think it, it happens with so many people that are toned. I mean, one of the pieces in mm-hmm. the red line exhibit is is about the Washington Redskins and mm-hmm. just the reality that. I can't say what would offend a Native American. Mm-hmm. And to call someone a redskin is kind of like calling someone the N-word. Yeah. It's just there's not a critical mass of them to uprise and say, no, you can't do that, <laughs> you know? Right, because we've already marginalized them to uh, to, yeah. to institutionalized poverty in yeah. places where nobody sees them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And the percentage has gotten so, you know, so low that that it's uh, that, that, that can kind of persist. But um, so yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I, yeah, I'm already thinking of like ten other bad, like the worst ideas possible. Uh, but this didn't think. I guess people, the guy listened or whatever, and like that's a good thing. Yeah. that's not a hill you're gonna go like sort of try to die on or like you know like no, you need to understand yeah. my point of view. Yeah, and initially, you know, of course there there wasn't there wasn't a, a listening initially because it, the the whole sort of boycott and graphic and all the things that came out afterwards were because the initial conversation of this is really insensitive and this needs to be something different wasn't heard by mm. by him or the or the or the, the developer that was kind of along mm. alongside so so I think that they initially dug in but that's that's kind of that's that's the part of that's the point of resisting is you you get enough people you know and that's mm. that's your um you know that's the power that you have is is mm. you may not have enough money to do much but you get enough people to say this isn't right and we're not going to support anything that you do mm. if if this is if this is um if you kind of follow through with it and right. so but I, but I am you know I'm grateful that it was changed and I think that's just part of it I mean I think there's a lot of times people won't really listen um to a suggestion it Almost everything that shifted, you mm-hmm. know, in American history has shifted with some kind of either dollar force or mm-hmm. blood force or, mm-hmm. or whatever that thing is. It's um, but just this this is insensitive to me is rarely enough. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's uh, like the Redskins thing. I, 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 well, on one hand, I'm sort of um, kind of exhausted by political correctness culture and outrage culture. I'm kind of exhausted by it, to be honest. But I grew up, it's all about rel- it's relativism. I grew up around a lot of Native Americans. I spent summers uh, camping with Native Americans out west and doing ceremonies and being immersed in that culture. <clears throat> so I have a unique experiential point of view, and I had to go out there and be humbled, uh, told to go, you know, uh, prune all the trees on this long gravel driveway. And told that I, you know I need to make sure I offer tobacco to each tree that I'm mm-hmm. pruning. Explain to the tree why I'm doing it. Offer tobacco, then prune the tree. If you run out of tobacco, pull a hair out of your head. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like these kind of uh, natural kind of equalizing things, right? You know, but it's like I I have on the other hand, you know, like I look at um. If you look at, it's all about how you sort of compare things. Like right now, I would think that a lot of people that are really, uh, you know, sort of third wave feminist or or whatever would be really upset about how Native Americans, quote unquote, treat women, but they're really honoring women. But but, but at the same time, you could say, and this is true, like in a Native, in Lakota Sioux culture, if a woman is on her cycle, they call it on her moon, right? They get put in, like the women get all put into this kind of area that's roped off. Mm-hmm. It's called the moon lodge or whatever you want to call it. They're not allowed to cook. They're not allowed to do a lot of things. Um, and they're kind of relegated to this sort of area of the camp or however you want to put it. But if you look at it from the native perspective, it's because they're, they're so honoring of what a woman is going through at that time not because they pity them but because they're actually at a point of enlightenment and they want to afford them this exposure to have like to the great spirit or however you want to put it to have this process and to commune with other women and really manifest and and cultivate all of that that energy in a way that's meaningful to them and necessary and their prayer ties and all their things kind of go along this theme um but you know if if a woman that's on her moon touches or cooks you know like stirs a pot you can't nobody can eat it yeah it's like a weird you know so it's like to me there's Mm -hmm. just like a it's all about like sort of where you're standing Mm -hmm. and and where you're looking and i think that there's a fine line between sort of the the black and white of kind of outrage culture and political correctness and then the other just sort of very reasonable like uh dude do you really want to call this coffee shop like this Mm -hmm. like just pick something else like it's just this is not that's not Let's not go there, right? Yeah. And that perspective thing is so important to it, too. Like, the more contemporary example would be, you know, Western women who look at Eastern countries and say, you know, oh, damn all this chauvinism and this evil stuff that's going on. And on the, and, and to some degree, probably right about some of it. But on the other side of it, there's women who are Muslim, perhaps, who want to wear this hijab or they want to wear this veil because that makes them feel good because they want to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not... And it's like if we believe in personal liberty and freedom, you sort of have to give people, you have to try to see things from other people's points of view. You know what I mean? I feel, well, you know what's funny is like even this conversation right now, I have these weird internal alarm bells going on yeah. where it's like, <laughs> I'm not even allowed to say anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been very quiet. I was this 
right. close, yeah, yeah, yeah. this close to telling yeah, I'll, a joke I'll, about yeah. like because there's someone I was like could you sequester and I was like no I'm not going to say that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's a, it's a, that's that's the climate right yeah, so yeah. Um, but I do think it's really cool that that people can find artful ways of, of yeah. cre- creating these conversations and spurring these things and creating awareness and prodding people and pushing mm-hmm. back yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it doesn't have to be broken forever it's like mm-hmm. I can't I can I could sit down and have a meal with that with the restaurant owner and mm-hmm. yeah. it's like we're still in the same city I mean I might end up teaching this kids pretty soon I think they go to the school where cool. I, t- I teach an art class right. so it's like it's not like no you misspoke or misstepped so you're out of the mm-hmm. you're just out forever it's yeah. just like yeah this is something that, yeah. that felt a certain way mm-hmm. and and if we don't talk about it it's I would much prefer someone open the coffee shop, start the conversation, let's get it out. Yeah, instead make some of mistakes. Like, instead yeah. of staying in that space of, mm-hmm. I'm never going to misstep. I'm just going to make sure that, you know, that policies and everything else disenfranchise you for, you know, it's like, <laughs> go ahead and misstep and let's, let's right. figure it out. Yeah, yeah. the South has a, mm-hmm. the South kind of has that history of, mm-hmm. we're not going to say the wrong thing. We're going to say, bless your heart. And right, then we're yeah. going to, then we're gonna, uh-huh. it's gonna be 100% like on and behind closed doors right so, yeah, yeah, so yeah yeah air it out that, I think that's, that's true that, a lot of times yeah I like that I feel like that's and I think that's something that we need like like you're saying at the end of the day it's it would be nice if it'd be nice if people naturally didn't make the missteps it would also be nice if when people misstep they immediately deferred to having a conversation instead of digging in right yeah. it's still good that the conversation happened even if it got a little heated for a minute yeah and and it turned out that you know what it is a bad idea and we're not going to do that here yeah you know sure. what i mean that that ultimately that was a conversation that happened you know what i mean yeah. and that's good and and it's also good like you're saying that you're not that it's that this person isn't now never allowed to do anything again yeah because they because they because they we're ignorant essentially yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. or just having a compromise you know? right like yeah. how about don't do coffee do a furniture store it can be the sit on <laughs> there's a million ways to do this the, 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 the slight modulation you still get the kind of phonetic uh, you know little skip in the thing you want to do there I, mean, I don't know it's not that easy to mess with <laughs> the sit on <laughs> they have all these different kind, it'll be like the original uh, restaurant where there's all these different mismatched chairs and you just call it the sit on <laughs> not quite the, the ready made marketing I guess really still since it is based on, on the pun of sit in it's not far enough away so we're still it's still a problem it's also too yeah. it's another example of I don't want to say I'm, it let me say this I think it's another example of what you were talking about earlier where it's like an effort to take uh take something you know that's connected to the authenticity of the city in one way or another and glue that onto my business marketing you know what i mean whether that's getting somebody to paint a mural or getting a special someone with a certain you know connection to the community to paint a mural or taking this the story of this community and turning it into the story of my new restaurant you know what i mean yeah absolutely you know it's like it's it's everybody's looking for ways to do that and it's weird because i think on some level like like actual authenticity 
would actually be you coming up with a genuinely good idea for a business in this community for sure. <laughs> and, for sure. and and running it with integrity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. And, 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 and that's spending. not a criticism of anybody in particular. No. That's, that's a whole lot of people where it's like, that's how you can be authentic. Actually be authentic. Yeah. <laughs> right, folks. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to spend time. It's like, I yeah. couldn't go make artwork about the Kurdish community just if I don't, if I never really spent any time there, hadn't been mm-hmm. there, hadn't, you know, that's, that's why it's authentic when Nuveen does it because she's speaking from an authentic place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, some, so sometimes you got to find the story that, I mean, and everybody's got it, like as as artists and just as people, mm-hmm. everybody's got that story that's authentic to them. It just depends on whether they are led to tell it. Right. So, yeah. Is there something you're willing like, to tell it? Is there yeah. something in your sort of story that you feel like you haven't been able to get to yet or figured out how to articulate yet? Um, You know, I think the story, there are probably some things. I mean, there are probably some things there, but but not so much. I think I've... I've had, because of the time that I came to making art consistently, I mean, I'm 39, which is a little on the older side of, at least for someone that like went to school for art and then came out and did a, whether it was bachelor's MFA or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of, you know, some years behind that. So really it was more my technical ability that I was, have just been working on to catch up Mm -hmm. to my ideas because i mean the ideas and life experience i mean i've already i've, I've, I've taken enough lumps to tell plenty of stories <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. but it's can i can i get that concept out on canvas or panel or whatever mm-hmm. can i and then just can i can i paint well enough or make whatever i'm making in in a way that also lives up to the to the story but yeah i, don't, I think as far as knowing what i want to say there's 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 plenty there's plenty to say yeah so. i just didn't you know sometimes it seems like like i know that joe for instance you know wants to be <laughs> a good. composer and have a symphony yeah. <laughs> you know he doesn't quite have the i mean he's got he's got some music chops he's got some music knowledge for sure but there's it's a little bit of a walk between uh you and your symphonic dreams this no. is one of the only <laughs> things i don't want to do yeah, right yeah. <laughs> But I, I guess I'm just, you know, I'm just always curious about, you know, people that have, you know, you're, you're not in some, like, I don't know, I'm just figuring it out. I mean, we're always all figuring it out, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like you have a sense of self and identity and, uh, and all of that. So I guess I'm always just curious about what's been elusive or what's been like, or what feels like this, just like that, some other expansion or step or, you know, something, maybe not even necessarily in the medium yeah uh uh i don't know yeah i mean i think music is always i mean something that i've just loved it's something that i knew early on that that wasn't you know it wasn't my calling you know i wasn't very good at it (laughs) but yeah but i've always you know always loved it and it's always been hugely influential so i think kind of marrying yeah marrying things like you know just music and even stuff like fashion and culture i mean i just enjoy enjoy those different aesthetics and and they and they speak to me a lot so i I feel like i have a way to kind of channel it but but yeah absolutely i i got friends of course i grew up in nashville so i got friends who who, (laughs) who have equipment and can produce some stuff and i've always thought like exactly exactly (laughs) but uh but i've always had ideas for that for that kind of thing and um it really just matters it's sort of a matter of how many 
you know how many rabbits can you can you chase you mm-hmm. know and um it's, and that just isn't one that i felt like i felt like the influence is always going to be there you know mm-hmm. it's always you know the first thing in the studio was like i crank the music on and try to get get lost in the spirit of what i'm doing mm-hmm. um, but what are your go-to's for like uh okay i need a vibe right now or like what's your you know i if it was a single artist it, it might be kanye that you know jay-z is my historically favorite artist <laughs> you know that's that's kind of my but yeah kanye is as far as like full albums he's got full albums and out now the new one is this is not not a go-to jesus is king <laughs> isn't even though i mean I, jesus you, you I, I do first. agree that jesus is king <laughs> but, but for me that's not a go-to but, um, but he's got four solid albums that i listen to the whole thing yeah. um I'm dating myself even by saying the word album. You kids out there still know what an album is, you know? <laughs> but um, but yeah. So so those those are two. Um, you know, mindset. Nipsey Hussle, who passed recently, I went mm-hmm. to his store and visited that before mm-hmm. he died, and then mm-hmm. again after, and and so I think his music, but also just his his mindset of of the way that he treated his business and the way that he used his music as a platform to kind of spark everything else, and also work in his community is um. Is, has been a really big influence. So, see, I think just the hip-hop artists and how a lot of them have approached their business has had a huge influence on how I approach art business, mm-hmm. where it's like whatever the... You're not married to any traditional model, you know, you can you can figure it out. I see you what you're know? saying. Like, those are people that have all transcended... Um, modalities that they came from, probably, mm-hmm. right? Like For sure. Um but still they're connected to what they come from, but they've been able to really, you know, while, while tethered, you know, maybe perhaps not Kanye, but everybody else tethered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Not> so tethered. <laughs> it's pretty free. I think <laughs> he's pretty free. <laughs> I, I think, I think the, I think the etymolo- etymology for, for Kanye is uh, unmoored. No, no, uh, no, but uh, no, he's just man. He's he's astral traveling all the time. Yeah, he's got a he's got a metro pass on he the does. astral traveling train. He's on an ultralight beam. <laughs> you know, and uh, and it's funny that he's one of those artists that you know. There's certain people that there's plenty that I don't agree with what they say and do, and mm-hmm. he's one of them. But if the first thing that comes to mind is free, when you think about an artist, they're doing it they're doing a good job to yeah. me yeah i like, agree that's what i would love i would if someone if yeah. i could if i have a prized thing above anything else it's being free yeah that's it like that's wow. what we're that's what we're doing all this for i mean yeah. really you know 100 and, and he's another both and and yeah he can lose the mega hat i love it but i do yeah, think yeah, that yeah. he's yeah so yeah i agree i agree i feel i feel like that in general i mean about about artists and i also think it's i think it's futile to like argue with artists man it's like it's like they get to do whatever the fuck they want yeah. and they get to challenge anything they want to challenge they get to upset anybody they want to upset that they you can't and if you tell them not to do it that's all the more reason for them to do it you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah. it's like it's for sure. they're supposed to be pushing at the boundaries yeah you know and when they push against boundaries that you might not like that's just part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can use, like, you can use that. Like, I can mm. use his thought process to push against things that that might push community in a way that is conventionally 
better, quote mm-hmm. unquote better. You know, yeah. I, I can use that same idea of, no, I don't have to do what, you right. know, anyone says or, or because I'm, uh-huh. I'm climbing some, I'm not really talking about me personally because I don't mm-hmm. think, but because one is climbing some ladder, mm-hmm. oh, well, now they better not say that because right. they got sponsors now. You right. know? Yeah, yeah. You can't talk shit about somebody who's a sponsor of the Frisk because you got work in there. Like, right. You're like, no, yeah. you, you think Kanye's worried about who he's talking shit about? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's not and, worried. And sometimes, like, that's just true. Sometimes it's like, yeah. you can you can use those, that thought process. But they're like, you yeah, you're, a, you're not Kanye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah that's very true. <laughs> that's very true. His middle name is Omari, though. Uh, interesting. I yeah. don't know that. That's cool. <laughs> Maybe you are Kanye. Uh, I mean, <laughs> but you know, yeah, you can't. You, the 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 role of the artist is to not is to, is to press those boundaries in whatever way you see fit, and those are going to be things that. What's what's this kind of gets back to this kind of both and theme, which I think is really interesting how it's recurring. But like I was thinking about, um, like Hakeem Bay talking about in the '90s, writing about. Um, you know, break dancing. Beca- Another anarchist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, break dancing becoming, um, what did he, he said, uh, break dancing, something about fodder for Mick Death's ads. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. So the most earnest expressions of any organic generation are inevitably these emanations that are going to get, if, if they're powerful enough, they're yeah. they're going to be communicated to a broad set of people and then exploited uh, or turned around in some way, and there will still be always, you know, b boys that are holding it down and still elevating the craft or like mm-hmm. what. There's always going to be, but there is this kind of uh, fragmentation that is. If you're not deep in it, you're just going to be like, oh, I remember when EDM wasn't like so stupid or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, but that's part of, I think, what trips up like older, say, people like us, right? It's it's hard. You have to fight a little bit to keep yourself open because it's easy to sort of have this comparative uh, mindset of all the things you've seen, experienced, come and go. You know, it's real hard not to be like, I'm going to discount something because it reminds me of something that came before it. And I feel like they're kind of like ripping it off or yeah, it's really hard to, to stay open about that. But then the derivation of everything that you came up with that seemed pure, you know, uh, you know, public enemy in 1986, you know, to me was like, Oh, this is the most mind blowing. Uh, I don't even know how to explain it. Like what is happening? This is insane. But you can go, okay, well, let's analyze that. Yeah. And I'm sure there were old heads, like, at that time that were were like, I mean, look, Public Enemy is cool and all, but, like, you (laughs) need to get back to, you know. Exactly, yeah. There was somebody in the Bronx that Public Enemy was listening to. Yes. And that, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a real challenge. Mm -hmm. Try to stay open. I think it's also, it just has to do with, like, learning. Like, when you're, like, you're 13 and all of a sudden you're just, like, your brain explodes because of music and all of a sudden you're just like, Oh my God, like I love music now. And like, I don't know why that happens, but it does. It's it's even younger, really. It's like 10. So so then I remember I was in fourth grade when I just was like suddenly obsessed with music, like recording, using a tape recorder to record music on TV so I could listen to it later. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's that's some fucking crazy shit. We also didn't have very good technology then, y'all. So, but like, yeah, but, but, uh, 
you know, like doing that stuff and like, like just freaking out about music. But then, you know, you spend like the next three decades, like just going down every path you can go down. If you actually do that by, you know, three decades later, you've burned a lot of miles, man. And there's not a, now you got to start finding like the new places on the map because yeah. you've gone through a whole lot of shit yeah. and you know what you don't like, you know what you do like, and you've gone through all of it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So after a while, you, 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 you don't find as many new things. And I think it's easier to, to convince yourself that there aren't any, you know, yeah. but there's all sorts of things that you left unturned on that path. And there's all sorts of new things that are happening that if you can just be curious enough, you'll, you'll find something new and, and now you're a huge Billy Ellish fan. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> not a one for me, but I, I yeah. got you. <laughs> yeah. She just played a show in uh, in Nashville at the at Third Man. And so I, I say that because because uh, there were people like commenting about that. I, like I was people who went and saw the show who were like, you know, our age-ish and who were like, I love that. That was great. I'm glad I went. Good. Yeah, 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 things like that. I didn't I didn't know. It was a secret show, y'all. I wasn't hip enough to know about it. Yeah. <laughs> I bet everybody in the nation's they're all down in all down at third man so do you, yeah. do, you, do you have like some sort of a process or medium or form or anything that you have duly sort of uh abandoned or said i'm just, I'm just not doing this kind of thing again like i'm over that like that's so 2004 whatever you know do you have anything that you just kind of said okay i'm not doing that anymore Funny enough, I don't I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've had some things I've tried my hand at that I haven't really figured out how to do it yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I haven't really had any that I kind of tried mm-hmm. and worked and said, you know what, I'm, I'm never going to do it again. I mean, a lot of them just kind of work its way in and in mm-hmm. in hopefully a new or a different, you know, more interesting way. I don't want to kind of re- copy myself, mm-hmm. that old... Picasso quote to, to steal is whatever great and to copy is horrendous. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. Or to copy oneself is uh-huh. is like the worst thing you can do. But but yeah, like sculpture is one of those things that I've tried it a little bit and you know, I tried a little bit with clay and I've tried it with just like hammer and chisel, like went to Home Depot, bought a big chisel set and just uh-huh. got a block of wood from a guy selling firewood really and like just tried to see if I could actually recreate something that was decent yeah it's still sitting in the studio (laughs) i was just gonna predict this i was just gonna jump in and ask you if you were working on like if you were you're you know alluding that you've been working on attempting something new i was gonna predict that it was sculpture because one of the things i like about the new series that's at channel to channel it's called red line Mm -hmm. uh it's uh, the one the mural at the frist is also a part of that uh, Mm -hmm. same series obviously but the reason i know that is because uh you've essentially got painted wooden panels that you have also uh, sort of collaged with lengths of actual razor wire that you've painted mm-hmm. red and, and attached. How do you attach those on the on the wood? Like just practically, how does yeah, that work? Yeah, I um, just drill a couple of holes and take, you know, take wire, just same wire that you would hang uh-huh. a piece with. I also spray paint the wire red. Okay. And so drill two holes and loop those through and just tie a knot in the oh, back. Oh, yeah, right on. I didn't, you know, I mean, I really stay. honestly, I, I, when I was looking at those, you did such a good job of, of doing that, uh, discreetly enough that it never occurred to me to even figure out how you were doing it. I yeah. just looked at the images and I just accepted those, 
those objects, you know, that were attached to the board as just like part of the image. It never, yeah. I never was like questioning, like, how is this on here? And like, you know, as if it was like a separate thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, that's part of that's what huge. I was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the craftsmanship of it. I also, I mean, I do custom framing, so I'm always working mm -hmm. with uh, yeah, woodworking and yeah, yeah, some yeah. kind of something. And so, uh -huh. so yeah, definitely it, it's important that things are presented well, you mm -hmm. know, because um, I think a really good idea that's sort of haphazardly executed, you can lose the good idea because you're like, yeah, man, that, that, mm -hmm. that's almost there, but yeah, it's not quite executed. <laughs> you know, it's not fleshed out at least as well as I, I can mm -hmm. right now. And that's the thing that I see huge kind of leaps in from like 2013, 14 17 is that oh man that's that's as that's as that's as well as i knew how to execute back then mm. and uh that that kind of makes my skin crawl a little bit today oh, but but just in like especially the way stuff's framed or presented or whatever you just yeah. kind of see how um so you say that when you look back you like you you see a steady progress in like your technical ability as a painter and your ability to present your work is that what definitely. you're saying yeah yeah i would definitely. agree with you i would absolutely yeah. agree with you as somebody who's seen your work for years because you've been in nashville for so long yeah. and i've been in nashville so yeah, long sure. you know people like you or like i think of dane carter mm -hmm. um to some degree lane york you know mm -hmm. uh I'm trying to think of other people that are, uh, I mean, all, I mean, probably this is newer, but like Richard Feaster, I don't think I've, I mean, he's been here for a long time, but it's, it's really, there's something about having been able to watch a scene for a long time and see people who have been in that scene for a long time and, and to watch like the way their work changes over time and how it changes over time. Yeah. But when you say that about your work, I can, I would, I, I would absolutely agree that you're, you're definitely somebody who, cause not everybody's pursuing being a better technical painter, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But you've definitely done that. So there you go. Congratulations. Well, thanks. I'm, I'm glad. That's good, good to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the show at Channel to Channel looks great. And the nice. the piece at, uh, at at Frist is is to me it's 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 different, but it has the same wire motif in it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's more it's more of uh, like where where does that image come from? Maybe you can talk about that mural a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that the piece at the Frist came from a, a home in North Nashville. So mm -hmm. I met a lady. Actually, I met her daughter, and then the mother, the the family, the house has been in the family for a hundred years. So, in, mm. in next year, it'll be a full hundred years that this family's owned the same house. Wow! So, the woman that's living there now, she lived there when the interstate was built. And part of when you were mentioning, you kind of have to go to North Nashville because you almost go over it. That was a big part of that. The interstate, you know, systematically cut off. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so she was there when that was built, and kind of half her front yard was, you know taken bought by the city but mm. she got to keep the house and a little bit of front yard and so i got to meet her and go spend some time and and that's really where that that idea came and so the the piece is just sort of a replica of her house and her sitting on the porch and the red mm. razor wire is circling the house and there's mm. house wrap that's kind of circling that so house wrap is the kind of the tyvek comb guard just the that plastic wrap that goes around new constructions mm -hmm. And that's just something that I see, you know, if you're if you're in Nashville, you see a lot of that house wrap. And yeah, so I was just hoping all the that new development, the new right? development. Yeah, I was hoping that that would kind of people would see that and, and it'd be reminiscent of something they see all the time. But I mean, you may not really pay a lot of attention to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you see a lot of just uh, houses that don't have a siding on them yet mm -hmm. that are just in this kind of weird <coughs> trend. This become iconic of like sort of transitional state, but by the actual material. Yes. Uh, mm. And and it doesn't, 
it's not like that that exposure of those logos iterated and like the house wrap has like some weird thing and it's not like it's there for a day in between putting it up and then putting the siding up like some of that stuff will stay up yeah for months yeah and just be kind of halfway peeling off they don't you mm-hmm. know like depending on whatever they're doing how fast or slow they're building the place to mm-hmm. so I, I think that's a really cool observation or, or use of material yeah uh that's cool yeah right. that's another aspect of it that to me is is sculptural in a way is just mm-hmm. the way that you're mixing in different materials and you know you're not simply just like paint like you know like your painted panels at the at you could just paint those panels mm-hmm. you could have just painted red lines around all the mm-hmm. things instead yeah. of putting wire around yeah. them you know what i mean and why don't you tell us a little bit about what what the red line is symbolic of just for people who haven't seen the show yet yeah it's uh it's symbolic of redlining mm-hmm. so there's a discriminatory housing practices called redlining that were at one point in the federal you know the federal government instituted these mm-hmm. practices that kept african americans in certain neighborhoods and the red lines were drawn on maps mm-hmm. to indicate the neighborhoods and then mm-hmm. they had other colors that represented other socioeconomic but at that point it was actually specifically race mm-hmm. racial divisions mm-hmm. and so i kind of took those those red lines and used razor wire to be the the red line that's kind of mm-hmm. the metaphor for for what that line on that map means mm-hmm. and because discrimination is such a violently upheld institution mm-hmm. it's like it's not a suggestion that you stay in this neighborhood it's it is a really um yes yeah, it's, it's just it's been upheld with a lot of brutality and mm-hmm. a lot of over policing and mm-hmm. you know the whole food food desert situation yeah the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah the drug era all the stuff that yeah. kind of went along with making sure that people were in these certain spaces mm-hmm. and also and too, the, like banks mm-hmm. withholding loans and things like that so 100%. people can't buy their own homes and all this kind of stuff yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and so so yeah so that's that's kind of where the razor wire that's where the idea to use razor wire came from it was like what what is a material that mm-hmm. could mimic the the aggression that discrimination is is, is upheld with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boy, they just keep trying to figure out something else and then something else and then mm-hmm. something else. Yeah. Now they're doing it like in 4D as opposed to like 2D, you know, lines on maps. Mm-hmm. Like now it's like technology and mm-hmm. social media and, me- you know, news media and gerrymandering and like all this. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, whole, the whole play has gotten to be this, uh, yeah, sort of bionic rendition of what it used to be like like back in the simpler times when they were just like we're gonna put an interstate through your front yard and cut you (laughs) off from the rest of the city like at least that's like understandable Mm. on some way i'm not saying understandable in terms of like it being a good thing like cognitively you can process now it's an algorithm (laughs) yes exactly 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 like it's i don't know i I, are are things better or worse or i don't i I don't know Mm. i again i think both and yeah both and And one thing to speak to that is is that it's that's part of why I wanted the, the series to be fairly simple was that things have gotten so complex and mm-hmm. now it's like socioeconomic and, you know, it might be a, the school that you go to and there's so many intricacies mm-hmm. of discrimination. But mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, the darker complected you are, mm-hmm. that's really just the foundation of mm-hmm. the whole, the whole machine. So I kind of mm-hmm. wanted it to be, very simple like i want it mm-hmm. to be a simple like 
yeah, you're on the outside of this thing as a black person, which is an invention. Black people, that's that's invented. You know, white people, that's invented. Mm-hmm. Where, where we all hail from some culture mm-hmm. that kind of got stripped and replaced with black and white. Mm-hmm. And then in that replacing, there was a hierarchy. And that hierarchy has been aggressively maintained. Mm-hmm. So, So, yeah, so I think I wanted it to be kind of dumbed down a little bit because I get in these conversations and then it always sidetracks to some some algorithm, some weird thing. Well, it's real. Isn't it really more about money? Isn't it really more about it's like, no, it's not about any of that, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's really not. It's, it's really about something much more simple and base and all the window dressing kind of dresses it up to look like it's something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you talk to a linguistic anthropologist, they're not going to bring up like what's happening on Twitter as being causal. You know, yeah. they're, they're going to go to derivation points or uh, the the positing of language in early developmental stages to sort of point out these 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 crude binaries that were created that are now sort of becoming. You know, we're just so many echoes down the chain of the whole thing that it's become. Yeah. I, I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, do you think that we'll ever understand everything, Joe? No. Okay. <laughs> also, no. <laughs> Both hands. You didn't ask. <laughs> you didn't ask, but definitely not. No, we won't. And yes, we will. <laughs> uh, let me ask, let me go back to the painting really quick because there's mm-hmm. something else I wanted to point out. The 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 basic the portrait essentially that you painted of the woman at her home, mm-hmm. you know, in the the show of murals at the Frist Center, uh, murals of North Nashville at the Frist Center. Um, is 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 a comparatively realistic painting compared to the stuff you're doing in uh, channel to channel, partly because in channel to channel, you keep on referencing these pop cultural uh, icons. Really, I, I think of that show as an iconic show. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's certainly not a realistic portraiture show yeah. at all. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and uh, and. I feel like you you already mentioned the uh the uh Washington Redskins uh mascot symbol of the the profile of the American Indian cartoon style mm-hmm. but, and you have that in the show you also have uh uh a portrait of uh Wendy from the Wendy's hamburger franchise mm-hmm. what's what's up with that piece talk about that one a little bit yeah that um and I think you know just one one thing about the exhibit at channel to channel there are eight pieces there mm-hmm. And there's probably 20 or so in the series. Okay. So I think a lot of that also has to do with, with the curating. And, uh-huh. and I worked with Dustin, the curator, over at Channel to Channel. And it's been a really, just a really great experience to kind of have someone sort uh-huh. of pare down. Because I have a, I've got a piece, like, in, in my mind, it's like, I'm going to make a piece that tells every single thing about all of the different ways uh-huh. <laughs> that this happens. And so, okay, that's good to know. So, yeah. so, there's, so there's, there's, there's more... Um, I've only is, seen about half of them. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, and and I think the one at the Frist that's almost like the foundation. That's the one that's talking about housing because housing was the sort of the spark. You know, thinking mm-hmm. about redlining and housing. And I um 
I trailed off, so you're gonna have to ask the question again. So, so, what I was get, so now, now that I know a little bit more about it, um, you know, you, oh, you, Wendy, yeah, and, I, and I'm, what I was getting at really too is just your you, you can. I want you to talk exactly about Wendy, and mm. I'm just saying the only reason I'm asking the question is because I think between these two different displays you have at the Frist and at Channel to Channel, you see a really great example of of just how uh, skilled a painter you've become because you've literally uh, done two different things that are obviously both your own, but they show a very large range of ability in terms of, you know, being able to paint this sort of pop cultural iconography. And at the same time, being able to paint this much more realistic portrait of this woman who's a real person, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, so, but, but the Wendy one at channel to channel is, is this, pop cultural iconography kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, and a, uh, pop, for sure. pop art. <laughs> for sure, yeah. And then it's a Wendy that's just painted as a as a black girl. Mm-hmm. Um and but the reason that I that I did that was there's a Wendy's on twenty eighth and Jefferson Street. Uh-huh. And as a kid I go I went to Hadley Park <laughs> every summer and, you know, a big day would be you know, you go to the community center and the tennis center and all that and you'd go down to lunch and get Wendy's for lunch. Like mm-hmm. Wendy's was you know the best thing you could have for lunch <laughs> right. you, know? yeah, yeah, so you, yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't get the box lunch that right. every yeah, you, back you'd then go too, get Wendy's Wendy's yeah. was like luxury fast food too it was yeah it was yeah. Yeah. it's <laughs> still to, not bad yeah. <laughs> but it was it, it was definitely a level up <laughs> but it's looking at the food options where as much as I loved Wendy's as a kid for that for the whole street to have a Wendy's a Popeye's a Captain D's uh-huh. and those are the, like the only restaurants that are open Mm. regular hours mm. just speaks to the to the food options and the food desert thing we were desert, talking about absolutely. yeah 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 so yeah so so that's why the wendy is in that red line it's like the mm-hmm. same way that the schools are roped off and so many other things are, are roped off so mm-hmm. is the, the food and, and what it'll take for a trader joe's to go in there will be that'll that'll just be the culmination point of everything else being pulled yeah. out of yeah. there and so that it, would be so both and <laughs> I'll tell you what it'll take it'll take three people that were in lofts you really gotta be from Nashville to know where that, yeah. that, that, that so that was the Worthen lofts is like the isn't that the first of those kinds of especially over there it was like the first of, of like a redone industrial loft situation mm-hmm. for now wealthier, uh, whiter people. Yeah. It was yeah. kind of the first, but really not just in Jefferson or, um, yeah. but like just kind of in Nashville. Uh-huh. Like yeah, that, for that sure. Was a, that, yeah, that was like. <laughs> and I did some work around that, that mm-hmm. street. Okay. There's Rosa Parks and it divides the Cheatham place housing uh-huh. um, public housing for more than lost and i mean you can literally that's right you can throw a football from the projects to yeah these to, high-end yeah. you know teslas yeah like that you can yeah <laughs> it's, it's really like, interesting uh, yeah, dynamic. Yeah. and the kroger that they both share mm-hmm. you could see like sushi getting into the coming into the kroger uh-huh. and you could see the kroger kind of shifting as the um as as Germantown became Germantown, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, it was just interesting to watch watch all that happen. Gosh, mm-hmm. it's so fun. Mm-hmm. well, it's not funny. It's just it's un. <laughs> you can see it's, sushi uh, come into the ground. Yeah. hilarious. No, but like I, I just <laughs> remember years ago, so, years ago, my wife and I were uh, considering a place in North Nashville, and she had to go to the store. We were we were in the area or something. We had to go to the store for something. But she she just went to like a Walgreens to mm-hmm. just get something, and you know she was she was kind of met with 
I mean, and I've spent a lot of time like you know living in New York, some other maybe perhaps what do you want to call it, like grittier places. Uh, but you know, I don't think her experience was that. Uh, she's only kind of only lived in Chattanooga or Nashville and Knoxville and that kind of thing. And uh, but anyway, she went into like the Walgreens, and we were kind of high on this place. We were like, man, this is like this is cool, you know. And then she just came out of the Walgreens, and I, and I was like, what's up? She was like, well, you know. I had to, like the the things that are locked up behind bars inside Walgreens, like women, women's health products mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. things like that. It was it was really kind of for her. It was like kind of disturbing. It was sort of like you know not like she's above it, but it was just sort of this reminder of like this is what's really going on right here mm-hmm. you know right now like this is ground ground level on some level i'm not saying walgreens is like the way to take the temperature of a community i'm just saying that that was a just like a, a weird moment because i just remember thinking man like why the smallest little thing you know is is, is changing the perspective of what otherwise is a real like I, i'm just i feel like that that kind of changed our path a little bit and what we yeah. were what we're doing and it was just it was something that she just was not uh ready for and that's not about like what kind of people or whatever it's just like this is just the tonality of or the reality of of maybe some of the things that are going on and i'm not sure i'm ready to like be in that or have these things be made extra difficult and i just thought god at the slightest little you know for us you know like medium income like white people just that one little brush just the slightest little air of some of that was like ah you know yeah not sure and i'm like god you know meanwhile this is very real this is where this is where a lot of people are just living life and doing their thing this is not a it's a big deal but it's not a big deal i don't know whatever like yeah i kind of wanted to tell her to like to calm down about it but at the same time i'm like I appreciate that you do that makes you feel not good or 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 whatever it's just a I hate being in that position where it's like I I, I just want to be free with it right I just want to be like magnetized to the places that I enjoy and not have there be this kind of uh, other sort of weird kind of incidental not contrived kind of a interaction with it that's like you have to like you, you when you come from a privileged white you know place you're like damn it like here i am yeah like having these thoughts yeah you know and that's great like i mean that's what i think that series i would want people to to wrestle with it's like man why does why do i feel like i'm in a bad neighborhood and i'm not saying this isn't something that i'm saying of your of your wife specifically i'm just saying yeah to start to kind of consider some of just those realities of when you see a lot of mm. black people or when you see a lot of, and, and I mean, there, there's some, some of it, it's, it's like another both and cause some of it, there's, there's truth to, and some there isn't. It's like that same neighborhood being the three, seven, two, oh, eight, having the highest incarceration rate at a, at a certain point. I think it was in 2015 maybe, yeah. but spending a lot of time in the neighborhood, you know, that it's not really, you know, it's not that it's dangerous. It's, it's, you know, it's over-policed and it has all the other things, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think that, the same you way know, people, you're just you're speaking to something really important because I think that is a lot of what redlining did. You know, the, a lot of integration was intended, you know, quote unquote intended. There's big quotes around that intent, intention. <laughs> yeah. But integration 
at its best would have alleviated a lot of that. Yeah. But it's because, almost like, you know, yeah, but because the culture was way deeper than the law, like, sure, you can say that the law is going to put us together, but if people's hearts aren't changed and, and not only hearts, but what they're comfortable doing, I mean, uh-huh. it's like dropping a kid off at NBA. There are a lot of kids in that environment that'd be like, no, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to stay here. You know? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I stayed there because my parents sent me there, but it wasn't the most comfortable yeah. space. And I think oh, that's probably yeah. part of what your wife was responding to. Like in, just an inverse, in an inverse fashion. Inverse fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, so, I think so, yeah. She, was just, she was just ill about, like, why are tampons behind bars? Yeah. Like, and I mean, that's weird. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, no, it's not. Like, you, I don't know. If you're in a lot of places that I've, you know, frequented in Brooklyn and Queens and, you know, whatever. This is just the realities of what's going on. Yeah. And there's a lot of different people here. There's very diverse cultures. It's not about, like, the the people. It's just like, God, like, I just, I feel like I'm in this kind of post-lockdown kind of situation, and that seems weird when people do just want to be, like, in that. It's almost like the, the post-modern or the, uh, like, the mid, the post-war uh, optimism and middle class everything just happened like a little bit too soon or maybe just a, if you're a, I guess a institutionally uh, motivated racist person like the perfect time because all these <laughs> these initiatives you know this cash this like rich you know like everybody middle class was getting like big and there was this uh, influx of cash to do things like we're going to build a freaking interstate system and then they were able to just jump right in at that point and then yeah. alter because uh, as car automotive culture and like all the weird suburban like it's like it was only like 15 years of stuff that happened where a lot of signals got crossed that we have not worked back from yeah at all i find it i find it very interesting but um but anyway, yeah, I that's still, the sheets. That's that's where the dream got its sheets. <laughs> you, tuck, you tuck right in the American dream in that. Yeah. And people, yeah. But everybody didn't get to cash in. And, uh, and the people that didn't get to cash in that some of are beginning to, that's really pushing the people that thought that it was meant for them. You know, it's like, yeah. because when you think American, at least when I think American, I think white American. You know that that the one that those that are that are that it was meant for really. You know, if we were really honest about what some of those things were meant for, and even at the time. And so, so yeah, I think that's <laughs> yeah. yeah that 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 era when it was yeah when it was when it was moving. And I, I don't mean yeah. to like glorify that either. It's like back when you know women were relegated to. I don't know, like, whatever. Well, that's like the whole whole Republican ideology is that. (laughs) (laughs) They they openly worship that time. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it is just a reality of what the time. Yeah, and there you go. Uh, And I think it's what time was good for you. It's almost like as as an artist, as a musician in Nashville, I, I hear old school musicians talking about like the time when you could really get paid to make music in Nashville and how uh-huh. that time is over. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing for, I think, anything. I, there's there's just a human survival thing of like, man, this is when it was, this is when it was the best mm-hmm. for me personally. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, disenfranchised communities have the, you know, I don't, I don't really consider this a benefit, but have a perspective of, well, it's never really been that time. So sometimes you make it that time for you. Sometimes it's, mm. but yeah, there, there's not an expectation of it being mm. 
good for you. So when it is, it's like, oh, psh, man, this is found money. You know? <laughs> <laughs> is, yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, so we should probably wrap this up, dudes. Hey, uh, but will you do me a favor and uh, tell everybody where they can find all your your uh, your things? Well, definitely, channel to channel is the is the space right now where the where the the exhibit is. Redline exhibit will be at channel to channel for until December fourteenth. Oh, right on. And we're gonna do a talk. I believe that's November twenty fourth. But if I if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, I'll you know hopefully we'll be able to edit that or whatever. But we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna do a gallery talk um, late November. But yeah, then the next, then the December art crawl. That'll kind of be another another day to get out and check that out. Mm-hmm. Woodward Houston art nice. crawl and and people find yeah. you on the gram. Or you know it, Omari Booker, omaribooker.com. We'll put it. We'll put it in the yeah. show notes too. And how sure. long do the North Nashville murals they stay up for? How long? Till January. I think Til January. Sh- 5th. All right. So through the end of the year at the mm-hmm. Frist Center, and that's in the community gallery. So you go in the door by the cafe, and you can see the whole show. You don't even have to buy a ticket. Absolutely. All right. Well, man, thank y'all for having me before we wrap. Thank yeah, y'all yeah. for having me. It's been oh, fun. Yeah. No, appreciate it. Thank you. And Sensei Joe, yeah, thank you. We'll have you back on uh, we'll have you back on soon. I'm actually I'm thinking about something else. I'll talk <laughs> nice. to you about it later. All right. Thank you, Brian. It was nice to be here at hey, the what, new studio. Do you real quickly, do you want to have anything that you say about your things uh, that you're doing? Because you're doing all kinds of things. Follow me, follow me uh, at my follow me at Mighty Joe Nolan on Instagram and Twitter. And we just put out a cassette last yes. weekend called Tale of the Tape. Uh, that that is a uh, combat sports uh, music compilation on cassette coming that came out through Semi Pro Records in Nashville, and it leads off with your single "Phantom Punch." Yeah, "Phantom Punch," which is about Muhammad Ali beating the Sunny Liston, or did he? Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, uh, I listened. I listened to the, that cassette online. Yeah, you can uh, if you if you follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, you'll find links to the or if you go to Semi Pro Records, either yeah. way you can find links to the Bandcamp. Look up Semi Pro Records on Bandcamp. Yeah. That's really good, man. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very I'm very happy it like it kicks off the CD, so it's like I like to think of it as a as a ten eight round right at the beginning. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. And, uh, I've got a new record coming, but we'll talk about that some other time. Appreciate it. Okay guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash podcast. click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast, and once you get there you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level, you're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and and help us out again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast all right thanks everyone